Welcome to Follow Your Kind Podcast, a show where we explore the meaning of kindness and how we can express it in our daily lives. My name is Christina and I'm your host. In this episode, I interview beautiful Cindy. She's a manager at Cineholic, a gourmet cinnamon roll bakery that is 100% vegan. We are recording outside, so I apologize in advance for crying babies, ambulances, and homeless people asking us for advice on plant-based living. Enjoy the show! And we're live! Hi everyone, my name is Christina and you're at Follow Your Kind Podcast. Uh, we, today we have an episode with Cindy Blankenship. Did I say it right? Yes. yes. <laughs> and Cindy is my amazing, beautiful friend that I met through uh, running with Team Humane League. And uh, she's also a manager, a manager at the Cineholic, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about um, in a little bit what it is. But it's this amazing place where you get amazing desserts, and they're all cruelty free. So uh, we'll dive right in about Cindy, about uh, what the, is she passionate about, about some of the work uh, that she does, and how she defines her kindness. So we'll start um, right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, um, I'm Cindy and I went vegan um, four years ago, four years ago to this day. Oh my I gosh! I just realized that. Happy anniversary! Thank you! <laughs> it's this my vegan celebration. I know, I just yes. realized that because I always celebrate on Easter. Mm-hmm. Because the way that it started for me was I would, um, I always went vegetarian during the period of Lent. Oh my God, me too! And um, one year I just became, I realized that it was so easy, so okay. I said, well, I'm going to make it more challenging and go vegan. Well, I failed miserably the first year. <laughs> I mean, just miserably. And then the second year I, I decided, well, I was going to do it again. And again, I was failing miserably. And then towards the end of Lent, right before Easter, I was like, well, let me let me do some research and really figure out this vegan thing. You know, like I'm doing something wrong because I keep failing. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I looked, I, I did some research and found some, some really helpful advice and I started feeling great. I felt so good. And Michael and I went uh, on a backpacking trip. And who's Michael? Michael's my husband. And he's sitting right behind you. <laughs> he's also vegan. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so we went on this backpacking trip. And um, I remember we were talking and I, and, and I was like, yeah, when we're done with this, um, when I'm done with Lent, I'm going to eat, you know, burgers and, and all this meat stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I've, I've been vegan for like the last six weeks. And then on the backpacking trip, at the, on the last day of the backpacking trip, we were hiking out of the woods and, and I said, Michael, I don't, I don't think I want any of that meat. I think I'm going to see how, how this pans out, this vegan thing. And at first he was like, oh, here we go, you know, and... Um, was he doing the Lent as well? Uh, no, he was. He was he, well, he was doing it, but he was doing it he, something different. It wasn't, he wasn't vegan. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I did, and I, I never looked back since. And, um, and it's funny because he, at first, was like, well, you do you, and I'm going to do me, and I'm not going to go vegan. And I was like, that's fine. That's, you know, I'm doing this for myself, and um, you can do whatever you want. And so... I said, but 
would it be okay if I sent you articles, if I sent you videos, if I sent you things that you can read and watch and maybe, you know, would you be open to that? And he mm -hmm. was like, sure, no, no problem. You can send it to me and maybe I'll read it and maybe I'll watch it. And were you married at that time? Yes, yes, we this were married. This is such a <laughs> gentle approach. That is so cool. Yeah, and he, um, and I'm also the cook in the family, so I did tell him that, <laughs> I did tell him, I said, I will not be cooking meat. If you want meat, you'll have to cook it yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, and so then um, he, he watched the Gary, I sent him the Gary Urofsky, um uh, lecture mm -hmm. at the Georgia Tech that's really famous. I think it's called the the best speech you'll ever hear mm -hmm. on YouTube. And I sent him that, and he went vegan cold turkey. I mean, just like that. Wow! <laughs> I will include the link on that. I, I watched it as well. I don't have it really readily available, but I will make sure that's the same one, and I'll include it in the podcast mm -hmm. notes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, and and now I celebrate I my vegan bursary um, every Easter every year. That is so cool. That's when I consider that I went fully vegan. Um, now I did, it, I, initially I did, I did it for health mm -hmm. reasons. And um, I knew that it had to be, if I wanted to continue being vegan, I knew it had to be bigger than myself. Because I would, you know, I'd say, oh, I can cheat and have this fish. Or, oh, I can cheat and have this. I've been so good. Right. But, so then I knew that Earthlings, I had heard about it. I knew it was out there. And I was like, I have to watch that. So I sat down and watched it from beginning to end. And after that, after watching that, I, I went 100% vegan. I gave away, I donated all of my leather and like leather shoes, leather belts, leather handbags. I, I donated all these wool sweaters and coats and everything. I just got rid of all of it and switched out my makeup. And I mean, went 100% all in after watching that. That is incredible. How <laughs> long was that uh, the period of time between the end of Lent and the time that you uh, watched Earthlings? Um, I think it was about a month, maybe two months later. And what it is, and I know it's a pretty impactful um, documentary, but is there something specific about it that that made you do that outside of the obvious? Like yeah, I what mean, it, what, what it was exactly that that helped you understand and make this transition? The, the brutality, the, the just the the, the violence that I saw, that I witnessed. And from all of that violence comes food. You know, I, I don't even look at it as food anymore. After watching that documentary, seeing meat in a restaurant, on a plate, anywhere, being cooked, it doesn't even look like food. I don't even consider it to be food. I don't even, it, it, it's not, it became so undesirable for me. Um, and then just wearing like the clothing, you know, the, the leather jackets and the handbags and everything became shameful. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but I feel like it's the right word. If that's what it feels for yeah. you, it's the right word. So um, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. After watching that, after watching that documentary. That's amazing. I really respect that. Okay. And then how uh, how did you get into activism? Um, just, I guess, wanting to do more. Um, I feel, I don't feel like I do enough. <laughs> um, mainly, I became, especially after I started working for Cineholic, I kind of became a workaholic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's a lot of work, but I'm enjoying it. You know, it doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's Michael. I'm always, like, when I get home from work, I get my computer out and I'm still working. 
but I'm just enjoying <clears throat> just what the company is and what it stands for and that they're so strong behind their core beliefs and um, and it's a you know it's a fledgling company so we're we're still babies and they're still growing and there's a lot a lot of a lot of growing that needs to be done so um, it's kind of gotten me away from activism because I don't have time to, to do a lot of the things that I you know would like to do but I mean I, I find that but I, I still find time to run and do you know have you know make sure that I um, have fitness in my life and so well I want to tell you that you inspire me and you inspired <laughs> me absolutely through our challenge with the team humane so like that just right there just just FYI yeah, I think that's you. activism for sure <laughs> thank you yeah when I when I discovered team humane league and how how did you find them by the way um, well, I was, I've been following the Humane League for a, a few years now, and then when they when I saw that, that they were creating a Team Humane mm -hmm. League that was based around fitness, I was like, that is a good way, that, that would be perfect for me because, you know, I'm, I'm working a lot, there's not a whole lot of time for me to be, you know, into activism, but right. if I'm incorporating it, and it's also important for me to share with my friends and family, you know, not just, you know, my healthy diet, but also my fitness. Right. Um, because I want them to, to, to also gain that, that, that health, the healthy mm -hmm. lifestyle. And so um, I love sharing about the Team Humane League and the, th and the people that I've met and, um, and just showing them that you can, you, you know, yes, I'm, I'm 41. But no way. Yeah. I don't believe that. <laughs> so I love to share how, you know, I'm, you know, when I turned 40, I, you know, it was like a whole year of just sharing all of these things that I, I mean, I ran That's my right, first. I, I, I ran my first half marathon at forty. You know, so I, I love sharing with my friends who who are saying. And you kicked ass, by <laughs> Thank the way. Thank you. <laughs> you guys both did. Yeah, That's I, awesome. I was so happy with that. I can't believe that was your first one. I yeah. thought you were running for a while. You were on the roll. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I you know I've been running. I've been a runner for for many years, like fifteen years, eighteen years, but. I never had a desire to run anything more than a 5K or a 10K. A 10K was like, and I only did that once a year. I run the Peachtree Road Race once a year, and then that's it. That's as far as I would run. But then I started reading Rich Roll, his book, um, yes. Finding Ultra, and then I read Scott Jurek's book, um, Eat and Run. Mm -hmm. And they pepper in some advice on running techniques and breathing and everything throughout their book, and I started putting that to practice, and I realized after I ran uh, the last 10k last year, um, I was like, I feel, I feel great. I feel like I could do that again. And that's what inspired me to run my first half marathon at 40. So I love sharing amazing. that with my friends who think, oh, I'm 40, I'm old. I, you know, like, and you only eat kale yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and cinnamon. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, it just kind of irks me, you know, like it, it bothers me how people think, oh, when you get older, you just have to stop doing certain things. Well, no, that's not what that means. It means you have to do more because yeah. you're, you know, um, a body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest is, you know, you might as well just, you know, wither and die. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And also I feel like because of the poor standard American diet, yeah. a lot of people think that what happens usually when you eat bad food is what is genetically supposed to happen to the human body but that's right. it's not right I feel like the longer we live and like the more we get to know ourselves the more we get to know our bodies the more we, we get to like learn about nutrition and like different I mean there's so much <clears throat> amazing research but if you just like there you don't need to as you said 
begin like a sedentary lifestyle like look at rich roll like he did amazing things when he was 50 and he hasn't done any like anything like that before right so like exactly you don't have to you don't have to stop Mm -hmm. There's so much potential and unlocking like a new levels of uh, opportunities with aging and with taking care of your body. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what other kinds of activi activism would you want to do if other than the humane league? I mean, I think that's that just that is pretty impactful. Did you have something else in mind that you did before and you cannot do right now? Um, no, what I, what, and what I'm doing now um, is I try, I work with the franchisees um, in the in Cineholic, um to do, I encourage them to do percentage nights, which is where, oh, yeah. yeah, so that's where they invite a nonprofit organization to come in and they'll donate a percentage of the sales mm -hmm. either for the full day or for, you know, from, you know, 5 to 10 p.m. or something. Um, and we encourage them to, to have, you know, um, meetups and stuff. So, you know, it encourages um, guests to come in and buy cinnamon rolls but it also you know gives back to to these organizations so right. i always suggest you know like the humane league and is a big one here times. yeah team humane league and then he's also worked with garp um this franchisee here in atlanta um he's also worked with um full circle so yeah, yeah i mean it's it's a good way that's a, a very good way to to also be you know active and mm -hmm. then giving back to the to the charities Absolutely. And since we're already talking about it, so let's talk about uh, Cineholic, what it is, and uh, how long has the, have they been open and what they stand for? They open, um, the founders, um, Shannon and Florian Radke, opened the flagship store in Berkeley, California in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, and then they went on Shark Tank. Um, they did? Yeah, they were on Shark Tank. Um, Do you know what episode? I, I can probably look it up. Yeah, if you just... Uh, Google search Cineholic Shark Tank, you'll find the episode. That is so cool. Um, and then um, after that, after that episode aired, I mean, it's just it's just taken off. And then they partnered with uh, my boss at, at from excuse me, my boss <laughs> who is uh, based out of Atlanta. And so now the company's based out of Atlanta. Oh, they are based yes. out of Atlanta now. Uh -huh. Do you yeah. know how many locations there? There are 17 current locations. 17 current locations. Um, there are three more that are, you know, just like on the verge of opening. Mm -hmm. We're just waiting on um, um, inspections. And then, um, so the next doors will be, uh, oh, we're going to open our first one in Canada. That's cool. Yeah. And then the next one will be um, San Jose, California and Jacksonville, Florida. But we've got so many in the pipeline. Um, there's there's a lot that we're, we're probably going to, we're doubling our locations by the end of this year. That is amazing. Yeah. And for those who don't know, if still somebody doesn't know, what is the main product of Cineholic? Cinnamon rolls. Yay. <laughs> and they're totally cruelty free and vegan and they have tons of amazing toppings. And yeah. Just, uh, just, you would never expect these to be vegan. I mean, when I first tried it, I was like, it was just, I was amazed. And that's kind of the basis of the company was to, to show people that you can, you can have a delicious product, a delicious cinnamon roll, and it be completely um, void of animal products, completely, 100%. Um, you don't need butter, you don't need eggs, you don't need any of that. Um, but these cinnamon rolls are so, they're gourmet, they're, they're, um, everything is made from scratch every single morning. Um, they come out of the oven all day long, so when you get a cinnamon roll, it's not one that was you know, made, you know, earlier that day and it's been sitting in a case. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just came out of the oven. So it's so good. <laughs> that is awesome. Where's, what's the address for Atlanta location or for people who are listening here from Atlanta? It's uh, 1230 Caroline Street. 
um, Atlanta 30307. Perfect. Stop by. <laughs> uh, okay, tell us what is your favorite role? My favorite as a professional. Role, as a professional, <laughs> I like the um, cinnamon roll with strawberry frosting, strawberries, and almonds. That's my favorite. And that's almost exactly what what uh, Michael is eating right now behind you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's his. That's the strawberry fr uh, frosting is his favorite too. But hands down, it's it's funny because um, I've done I've done a few um, grand openings, and with every city. The frosting flavors differ, the oh, favorites. Really? Yeah, mm -hmm. so like lemon was popular in um, Boca Raton, and then um, marshmallow was popular, you know, in Lancaster, but um, cream cheese is like popular everywhere, no I, matter where you go. I like cream cheese, I think, the most among yeah. the ones I tried. Yeah, I think cream cheese was my, was my favorite. I don't remember all the toppings I tried. I think I've tried a d few different ones. It was around th uh, Halloween mm -hmm. or Thanksgiving. Yeah, because they had you had the pumpkin spice mm -hmm. uh, special, yeah. but the cream cheese and like berries. I think that was my favorite. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> uh, what are uh, some of the, uh, the the highest producing stores or like what are in which areas are the locations more popular? Um, Las Vegas mm -hmm. is, is very, very popular. They just opened their third store and are looking to open a fourth. All in LA. All in oh, I'm sorry, uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas uh -huh. yes. And um, then the Dallas market is also very, very mm -hmm. popular. Obviously the Berkeley, California, the, the flagship stores continues to, to do very, very well. This Cineholic here in Atlanta um, has an interesting story. Um, it's under new ownership as of September of last year. And the original owners were absentee, the, fr the franchise partners, they were absent partners. So they, I never even met them, but they had a manager that managed the store mm -hmm. and um, wasn't doing a good job. And so now we have this new franchisee, uh, franchise partner, um, Tom Franks, and he is doing a phenomenal job and the numbers show it. I mean, his sales have like done nothing but incline, you know, since he, since he took over the store. That's so, really cool. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on on the franchise partner and and being present and caring about the business. And uh, tell me a little bit about this the marketing strategy for Cineholic. So, from my, it is my understanding that you don't openly advertise with you don't lead with vegan as the first quality of the the roles, right? Correct. Yes, and the reason why is because we don't just want to market to the vegan community. We know. We know we were loved by the vegan and, and embraced by the vegan community, but it's a small percentage of the vast majority mm -hmm. of the rest of the world. So we want to we want to basically show what we're trying to do is we're trying to show the world that you can have this delicious cinnamon roll and find out later that oh by the way there's no animal products in it and a lot of people love that they love us for it they were like. I didn't even know it was vegan, but it's great, you know. And right. um, so we're, we market ourselves to, to everybody, not just vegan, the vegan community. That's really cool because I feel like if you find out, especially for people who, who are eating meat and dairy products, as long as you, they get to try it first mm -hmm. and then they learn it's vegan, I think it's like a different uh, kind of philosophy and different approach and perspective on the product versus knowing that it's vegan and going into trying it, knowing that it's vegan and kind of expecting it to be funky. Right. Well, that's what my, my, my perception was, you know, like my, what's the word? Um, I guess my prejudice, mm -hmm. uh, because the last time I had had a vegan 
dessert, it was not a good experience. It was it was a brownie or what was supposed to be a brownie, but it was <laughs> it was disgusting. And I and and I kind of lost faith in, in mm. vegan desserts after that. And I was just I'd be like, oh no, thanks, I'm good. I don't want any of that. And so um, a friend, the one of the um, found not the founders, but the um, partners in Cineholic, he um, brought some in at this job that I was working at before Cineholic, and he was like, you've got to try this, you've got to try this. I, I swear it's 100% <laughs> vegan. And um, it was so, I mean, it was delicious. I couldn't believe it. I could not, I mean, the frosting, the frosting is what gets me. I'm like, I can't believe that that is vegan. It's great. Yeah, well, I guess there are bad cooks in every cuisine, so you can't be mad just because you tried something bad once and whatever cuisine it exactly, is, Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. It taught me a lesson for sure. <laughs> Are you looking to expand into any other products or are you just looking at capturing uh, more market geographically? Geographically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to we just focus on the cinnamon roll and make that product the best it can always be. And uh, most of the sales come from individual purchases or is it people like doing the catering or they're buying like a bunch kind of like Krispy Kreme style or whatever? How, what, what is the usual? Yeah. Catering is, is, is a big part of it. Um, it definitely is a moneymaker. Um, I think the average ticket price is around $13. So mm -hmm. they're buying more than one or they're, um, you know, buying drinks with it or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's not just one cinnamon roll every, for everyone. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Do you have any drive throughs We don't. Are you thinking about it? I don't. I don't know that that's outside of the realm of possibility, but um, I'm not 100 sure on that. Just curious. I mean, it's the company is amazing already. So, <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> let me just ask just some generic questions about you. So, what? Tell me about a few of your favorite uh, vegan foods to eat. Oh, um, I'm. I, I tend to stick closer to the healthy side mm -hmm. so you know like lately and, and it goes in waves so right now I'm on a kale kick mm -hmm. and so I've been eating um, just a ton of kale um, and when I say a ton of kale like you know you mean it? <laughs> yeah like a half a pound a day at least of kale um, but then um, I do also like the vegan junk food so mm -hmm. I like um, and I'm sorry while we're on kale how do you eat it do you put it in smoothies? I, do you cook it? I, I, it? I put it in soups, but for the most part, I just eat it like a salad, and I make my own salad dressing with um, hemp seeds and um, apple cider vinegar. Here, I'll, I'll give you the recipe. It's yes, hemp please seeds. do, because I need one. <laughs> hemp seeds, apple cider vinegar, um, amino, the liquid amino, mm -hmm. um, onion powder, garlic powder, and dill. Uh, like fresh dill or powder? Uh, dill, like, uh, yeah, the spice thing. Yeah, the spice thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just blend it all. That sounds really good. So it's like a like a tablespoon or a, yeah, a tablespoon of each, maybe not like the garlic or whatever, but um, <laughs> you know, I can't really give you measurements because I just kind of throw it all into the Vitamix. Yeah, that's how but I But I just too. blend it and I'm um, with a little bit of water and mm -hmm. it's so good. It's my favorite. That sounds amazing. They will make anything taste good. <laughs> okay, so and then what are the, the junk foods that you like? Um, well, like or the we, restaurants around Atlanta. Yeah. Well, last night we had um, we went to um, it's not really junk food, but we went to um, Urban Fix last night. That's, I love that's my Fix. favorite restaurant. Yes. just hands down, I love that place. Um, but tonight we're going to an, an vegan. I haven't been there, but yeah. I've heard so many good things. I think I saw you post for suggestions. Did yeah. you get any suggestions? Yeah, we got we got a lot of suggestions. So um, I think I'm going to try the the, the Philly cheesesteak. Uh huh. Um, and then they also suggested the 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 barbecue duck. 
the vegan barbecue dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, but we've actually, we've never been to the restaurant, but we've, we've been to festivals where they were there and um, had their, it's like a, it's like, a, like, I think it's Satan's steak on a stick or something like that, but it was so good. What else did we have? I need to try it. We had the barbecue, barbecue <laughs> cauliflower. Barbecue cauliflower. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I love cauliflower uh-huh. in any shape or form. <laughs> that sounds really good. Um, let's see. What are some of the more impactful books or resources of information that you find for yourself? Oh, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Michael Greger. I read his book, um, uh, How Not to Die. Mm-hmm. I read The China Study. Mm-hmm. Uh, just powerful books. I mean, those two books alone. Um, and then I read, um, again, you know, the Scott Jurek's book and um, Rich Roll's book. Um, who else? Oh, The Proteinaholic. Yeah, Scott Davis. Yeah. He's amazing. Do you have any favorite cookbooks that you suggest? Um, no, I, I kind of like getting creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to cook, so I'm always creative in the kitchen. Um, beans, greens, and rice is our staple like that's that's what we have on a regular basis and i just spice the beans in different ways so don't we don't get tired of eating the same you know beans and rice all the mm-hmm. time um so yeah i mean i always find um i like the the forks over knives mm-hmm. um recipe but i like their recipes because you know it's no oil no added salt that kind of thing have you <clears throat> tried or looked into uh dr Greger's cookbook Oh, I haven't. I've, I've heard a lot about it. it. Okay. I just got it. I haven't made anything yet, but it looks everything looks amazing, uh-huh. and I'm really excited about trying some new recipes from there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, blanking, blanking. I had another question I wanted to ask. Oh, uh, what about, so, with your uh, increasing athletic performance, how, what do you do either for recovery, pre, post, uh, run, drinks, or foods that uh, help your performance? Uh, smoothies. I always do, especially after a long run. Um, mm-hmm. Long runs would be would be like a ten mile run. Um, always smoothies, green smoothies. And what's your favorite smoothie? What what do you usually put in there? I put let's see, uh, green smoothies, spinach, definitely spinach. Um, I'm not a big fan of kale in smoothies. You're I, not okay. No, I you know just I know I just said oh I'm on a kale kick or whatever, but I've never really been a fan of kale in smoothies. I love it alone. Anyway, so green smoothies I love spinach. Bananas, dates, mm-hmm. um, either mangoes or blueberries or both, and then I also um, um, papaya. Papaya is good too. I love papaya, <laughs> I love, but I, I just love eating it. Kind of like you yeah. with kale, but I just love eating papaya. Yeah, not, yeah. I don't put it in my smoothies. What do you? Uh, what 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 liquid do you use? Do you just use, use water or, or nut milks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use, I started using water too, and I put usually um, I try to put turmeric. And a little bit of black pepper in mine, uh, either spice or if I have the actual root, then mm-hmm. I put the, the root in after like all the craze about turmeric and Dr. Greger's, yeah. you know, uh, the information that he has about anti-cancer yeah. um, and all of that. So it's, yeah, smoothies are amazing. Um, and then do you usually do anything before the runs? Um, no, I just try to do, I mean, I just, it's either, we were on a kick where we were going running first thing in the morning and that was that that you know that feels great but now he has a new job so we have to do it in the evenings mm-hmm. um and I've, I've realized that it's a lot harder to do it in the evenings like because you know your body's just more tired where mm-hmm. versus first thing in the morning so I do miss the morning runs but I'm not a very good morning person 
<laughs> so I don't miss it that much. It's interesting for me because I find that it's still like from discipline and organization perspective, it's easier for me to work out in the morning mm -hmm. just because I just get it out of the way and I don't have to think about it. Now I perform better if I like work out or run at night, like my, my numbers are better or really? like I, I get more out of the workout, but then it's way harder for me to like discipline myself and motivate myself to do it in the evening. Cause by the evening, like, I'm like so cut up and I have 5,000 projects on my to-do list and uh -huh. I just feel like I have no time, but I actually perform better at night. So I don't know, it's just interesting how it works. You gotta work the balance. Yeah, that is interesting. I, um, I know that like when I get home from work, if I don't immediately put on my running shoes and walk out the door, if I sit down just for yeah. one second on the couch, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, so I have to immediately put on my shoes and walk out the door and go for that run. Right. <laughs> so um, if uh, some of the listeners are thinking about trying it out, they're not sure, but they're thinking about trying vegan, is there something that you would say to them to, uh, to help them to make the decision? <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> it takes 21 days to create a habit so try it for 21 days I mean just try it and then um, and then re do some research don't just cut meat out of your diet and expect you, you know, and expect to feel great because you're not you know um, you've got to crowd it out with good food um, why is it worth doing it hmm? why is it worth doing it why is it worth going vegan for them um, I'd say, you know, it's funny because I went initially for my health, um, my husband on the other hand, for the animals. So it really depends on the person, you know, right. you have to... Sorry, we're, we're talking to homeless people here. <laughs> um, so it really depends on who, who, who I'd be speaking to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd have to take into account what's important to them, if it's, if it's animals or if it's health or, or maybe both. Or maybe you know? environment. Yeah, exactly. Um, or environment, exactly. Um, so it, it's just interesting. It's interesting, uh, you know, like, like you are you know, meeting people and interviewing people. I, I'd like to, to see more of, you know, what makes people go vegan. Right. That's kind um, of was one of my motivations because it just baffles me so much because I feel like all the information is right there. The knowledge is right there. Mm -hmm. It's just people either being open to it or not. And I think what I'm now learning is we have to be, we don't have to, but I guess people have to find something that speaks to their values. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, just like you said, either it's animals, either it's, you know, environment, either it's their personal health or the health of their children, but they need to find something that speaks to them. And then through that language, they may be able to receive the message. So I'm really curious to see what it is for different people as well. Yeah. And I also think that um, vegans that stay, because I've heard people, I've heard this before where, where, you know, when I tell somebody that I'm vegan, oh, my wife was vegan, but she, she quit after, a, you know, like she was vegan for like five years and then she quit. Yeah. And I know in my head that she never was vegan, you know, I mean, because it's about, it's about the welfare of animals. And so if, if people don't connect with that, then, um, then there's always room, not, I don't want to say failure, but, <laughs> but it's, there's always uh, room for, I, you're, they're just not in touch with with yeah with why people are vegan um, so I think that that you know like I said 
I initially went for my health, but I connected with the animal aspects of it, and that's that's what that's why I stay vegan. Right, that's exactly my story as well. I came in for the health reasons as well, but I stayed for the animals and the environment. I mean, it just seems like now it just seems like such a no-brainer. And you're right, like for 90%, I mean, there's plenty of research available that at least 90 to 95% diet should come from plants of, mm -hmm. of any source. And that, that's proven that it's the optimal diet for human health. But then there's still a little bit of the, you know, just, there's just not, not enough proof to say that that 5% really makes the difference. Mm -hmm. But this is where the, your ethical choices, your, your ethical side of this can, can come in. And yes, you, can, you may be able to make the 95% choice for yourself. But then the last 5%, this is some... This is somebody's life, right? This is somebody's well-being, exactly. and I, I had a really interesting conversation about that with Kyla, and she was—I'm not going to give it away—but um, she she had like some really interesting and really cool things to say about the perspective of looking at it from the from the suffering of animals. So mm -hmm. it's really cool. Okay, well, um, is there anything else that you want to share before I uh, ask my final question about kindness? <laughs> uh, so tell me uh, what kindness means to you and um, how you act on it intentionally in your daily life? Um, I think it's all about compassion and um, I've always put myself in other people's shoes because how I feel about something is not the way you feel about something is not the way he feels about something and so when we're in moments of, of unkindness or, or, or in um, moments of, of, of suffering you know I, I always try to put myself and see how it would make them feel. Um, so that really that really resonates with me because because it's not just about me. It's not just about how I feel about this situation. It's about how you know the animals feel about this situation. Right. You know, ask them how they feel about you know me being vegan or you not being vegan or whatever you know the yeah. case may be. Um, so kindness to me is 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 always reflecting and and putting yourself in other people's shoes. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I'm looking for many more interviews like this. And I'm hoping you'll get to, we'll get to run together, maybe. Yeah, on definitely. The April 21st. We'll see. I, I might have to be out of town. Like I said, we've got yes. three store openings, but, um, but I'm sure we have many more runs to come. Yes, yeah, so, but thank you so much for your time and thank happy vegan anniversary. Thank you so much. <laughs>